G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Well, as you know, each week it seems to be there's another freedom gone or another way that Christians are under pressure with our faith. It may not be an evil wasteland we live in, but there are examples of an evil wasteland in the Bible and how God brings about a purpose that no one could have foreseen. Let's get a little focus today as we talk about turnarounds. And there are some biblical examples Bill Muhlenberg has been thinking about with an article called What an Incredible Turnaround Lessons from Nineveh. Bill Muhlenberg, welcome back to 2020. Great to be back. Bill, we think of the story of Nineveh and we're talking about the story of Jonah. And oftentimes we think about Jonah and it's a great children's story, but there's some deeper and profound truths and things that we can draw out of this story, perhaps even relating them to issues today. What are your thoughts? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, related to that, I'm always interested on how God works, at least for getting some articles up on my own website. Uh, In the case of Jonah in Nineveh, I had just the other day bought a brand new commentary, as I do. (laughs) Jonah was reading through, and it just really stood out to me. Chapter 3, only 10 verses in chapter 3, but that is the story of the repentance of this entire great evil pagan city the capital of Assyria, Nineveh. I just, well, I was just really struck. I mean, we all as Christians, obviously, you know, we know God is in the change business. He turns around lives. Millions, countless millions of people have turned their lives around when meeting Christ. But uh, interesting, in the Bible, sometimes whole groups of people, even entire cities, maybe nations, can have an experience of uh, revival or repentance with God, and certainly um, the story of Nineveh and Jonah's preaching there, that's a real case in point. And uh, as you say, children's story, we know about the great fish, that was pretty amazing. But it just occurred to me as I was reading this that, wow, the really important story is found in chapter 3 of the book of Jonah. This whole really evil nation, at least this capital city, Uh, repenting, at least for a period. So it's uh, something to give us hope in today's dark times when we see so much evil all around us. Sometimes, I guess, we can think, what is the criteria for an evil nation? And we might turn our attention to those nations that are heavy persecutors of Christians and talking nations like North Korea or Afghanistan or the rising authoritarian nature in dictatorship in China and the way those things might put Christians under pressure. I wonder if we've got any thoughts here, Bill, uh, if things are developing in Australia along those lines. Perhaps we're not close enough to some of those tyrannical rule nations, but there are some signs of that, aren't they, here in Australia? 
Yeah, well, we've discussed often the situation in Australia and the West. Sure, we're not going around yet, uh, killing uh, millions of our own citizens, locking them up, torturing them, as in communist China. But we do see great evil of other kinds in Australia and the West. I mean, I'm just thinking here in Victoria, but most states would do. Uh, you know, the horrible abortion laws that we've passed, basically killing babies right up to birth for really any reason whatsoever. Uh, obviously, the whole pro-homosexual and trans agendas that are being pushed just about everywhere in Australia. Here in Victoria, criminalizing prayer, basically, telling Christians if they dare pray, for a struggling homosexual, they can go to jail for 10 years. I mean, these are other kinds of evil. So sure, we're not in the same league in one sense as North Korea or ancient Assyria, which was known for its violence, the way it just, you know, so cavalierly killed people, a bloodthirsty nation. Uh, you know, so maybe we're not doing it exactly in that sense, but if we can kill 100,000 unborn children every year, uh, are we any better in terms of bloodlust, in terms of blood guilt? So, in our, you know, all in our different ways, we have evil nations, evil governments, evil rulers, and the question is, how do we respond to them? So there's a lot of lessons, I think, we can get from the book of Jonah. So Nineveh, a city ruled by tyrants, uh, an evil city, and Jonah's fear, Jonah's reluctance to confront the evil rulers of Nineveh because he saw that it would be impossible and he'd put his own safety at risk going there. Uh, is there an alignment there with the way we ordinary Christian believers ought to be thinking about how we confront the evil we might see rising around us? Yeah, well, a lot of good lessons, and I do mention a bunch in this recent article of mine that I've done. As you've said, on the one hand, Jonah didn't even want to go. I mean, you know, Assyria was the enemy of Israel, a horrible, evil, pagan nation. Why should I go there and tell them to repent? I don't want to see God show mercy to the Ninevites. They're evil. They're horrible. So he was a reluctant prophet. He didn't want to go. In fact, he didn't. He disobeyed God. So uh, a little three-day interval in the belly of a big fish uh, helped him to get his priorities right. That's another whole lesson there, by the way. A God of second chances, right? Uh, Sometimes the Bible doesn't give us second chances. It tells us stories of that. But at other times, think Abraham, uh, Moses, Peter. Jonah, sometimes God does give second and third chances. That's another lesson. But yeah, it was just bizarre to think that this uh, little prophet from Israel could go to Nineveh, just start proclaiming the word of the Lord. And, you know, who who knew how things would pan out? He didn't want them to repent. And you wouldn't have expected the people to repent. And uh, yet they did, amazingly, by God's grace. The masses of the people, even the king, uh, repented. So uh, good hope, I think, for us. Uh, You know, we need to take it up to the leaders of our day. You think, well, is Dan Andrews or Palaszczuk or, you know, people like that, are they even remotely interested in hearing the gospel? Are they even interested in 
being told you guys are pushing a lot of evil and sin. You need to repent. You need to turn from your wicked ways. Well, one way or another, we Christians need to be doing exactly that, whether it's a pastor in the pulpit on a Sunday morning speaking to the evil of, say, pro-abortion legislation in Queensland or Victoria, uh, we Christians really need to follow Jonah, not the first Jonah <laughs> who disobeyed, but the second, the refreshed, renewed Jonah who finally did obey. Uh, we need a whole generation of Jonahs to speak truth to power in our, uh, you know, pretty much as corrupt nations as ancient Assyria. Interestingly, Christian leaders who've suggested that the judgment of God would come upon an Australian city or an Australian state have often been frowned upon and heavily criticised, Bill. But in the context of the Bible, Jonah and the Ninevites, there was a deserved judgment that God was about to bring, but grace can abound and is this the story we see in Jonah uh, that you've picked up on and and as you've read the story afresh you've noticed something in there about the grace of God and his heart yeah well it's uh, I mean it's uh, I wrote a piece uh, just a few days earlier about both praying for and asking God to deal with your enemies. So you get this the same kind of thing throughout Scripture. On the one hand, right, Jesus telling us to pray for our enemies and so on, and yet that is not uh, completely at odds with, say, all the many psalms we read where David and others are praying, God, vindicate me, bring vengeance on my enemies, protect me from my enemies, turn my enemies away. So you get two strands of the same thing when it comes to God's enemies. On the one hand, we pray for them, as Jesus said, but on the other hand, it's perfectly acceptable to pray, God, uh, deal with these enemies. Uh, You know, I often pray, improve or remove, right? Whether it's a Dan Andrews and all the evil he's doing or anyone else, God either get them gloriously saved or, well, one way or another, get them out of the picture and of interest. And I think many could say there has been some answered prayer. Dan Andrews has been out of the scene now for about a good three months. So we can pray for our enemies Uh, which are often God's enemies, but we can also pray that God would work in their lives. And uh, bringing judgment is actually part of the way God works. So it's really both. Yes, we pray for God's grace and mercy, but if spurned, and bear in mind with Nineveh, right, uh, while we read of their repentance in the book of Jonah, you have to read another Old Testament book, the book of Nahum, that happened after the events of Jonah, but there, there's another word to Nineveh, a word of judgment. And that is exactly what happened around 611, 612 BC. The Ninevites were judged. Uh, They came to an end. So in a sense, the message that Jonah first gave, repent or you'll be blotted out, was 100% true. In this case, they repented, so there was a pardon, there was mercy, but it looks like it was a short-term repentance, it was a short-term revival. So eventually, God's original word came true. 
judgment came. So Christians today, I think, have to do both. We warn of judgment to come, obviously, for every human being. Uh, if they don't come to Christ, there is eternal punishment awaiting. So we warn of judgment to come, but we plea that people will avail of God's mercy. So that's how we deal with God's enemies today. All of us as sinners are enemies of God. We all deserve his judgment, but we can proclaim to them God's grace. Yet if grace is spurned, well, judgment remains. So it's the whole biblical picture here. Well, we might affirm that we're not really, at this point, living in an evil wasteland uh, or a city like Nineveh, but there are signs when you talk about the idea of criminalizing Christianity. Those sorts of things do ring some alarm bells. Bill, the idea of courage to confront, and uh, courage is what... Jonah struggled with, but eventually he did rise to the occasion. What are your thoughts for how we might be a courageous people and to confront the evil that we might see so that it doesn't take hold and turn us into a Nineveh? Yeah, well, we all need to be Jonah's in our own way. Again, whether it's the preacher on the Sunday morning from the pulpit Uh, speaking truth to power, Uh, you know, so often, I hate to say it, most pastors don't uh, speak to the current issues of the day. They will never preach an issue on something as important as abortion or the war on God's institutions of marriage and family and so on. So in a sense, they're never really speaking up against evil rulers and evil laws, and they are letting God's people down in that sense, but it's not just the pastor in the pulpit, all of us in our own ways, well, comes through in so many issues, how we vote, you know, who do we vote for at the next election, whether in Victoria or in Australia, Uh, what party uh, can come a bit closer, at least, to some of God's principles, where justice and uh, the importance of life, the sanctity of life, those kind of things are stood up for. So uh, in so many ways, we all need to be a Jonah, speaking truth to power, confronting evil, including institutional and governmental evil when it appears, and being a prophetic witness. And we've got 2,000 years of church history to tell us this, right? Whether it was Bonhoeffer, German Lutheran pastor, speaking against the evil of the Nazi regime, he paid for it. With his life, he was killed by the Nazis for doing this, but he felt an obligation to speak truth to power. I think we have that same obligation today, whether you're living in Victoria, Queensland, uh, you know, America, Europe, wherever you are, we need to be a Jonah, the, like I say, the second Jonah, not the first who uh, wanted to go the other direction, Uh, but plenty of lessons there in the book of Jonah. Well, I'll point people to one of your latest articles, one we've been talking about today. It's called What an Incredible Turnaround, Lessons from Nineveh. Bill Muhlenberg, and uh, listeners can find Bill's blog site at billmuhlenberg.com or you can simply Google Culture Watch One Word. Bill, thanks so much for the update today on 2020. Always a pleasure. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.